semi-disappointing lack of sex scenes in your books. I was I was looking forward to seeing how you wrote them. He's a method writer, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> he's been working on it <laughs> over the last six months. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd respond to that at all. Um, I was going to, well, I was going to keep that for the pictures book. Good morning, Vietnam. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. going to be the inspiration for your next novel the dark side of you know martial arts yeah you could call martial it something arts. like cobra kai maybe something like that yeah something like that yeah <laughs> there's just about a martial arts horror film isn't the worst idea you know enter the dragon but it's a real dragon <laughs> somebody's probably already pitched that right that's got to be a pitch that already exists oh definitely yeah i'm sure it's a porn film If it's not, it should be. <laughs> yes. It's got to be. It's got to be. Everyone is really shitting on that My Octopus teacher, which I don't know anything about, but I'm kind of intrigued. I thought that was... Uh... Oh, everybody was loving that last year. Oh, well, the stuff that I was reading on Twitter on like sort of early morning after the Oscars, people were really hating on it. I, I don't know anything about it, so... Is it... Well, what did it beat? Maybe that's what it's to do with, because people, people like to turn on things. That's probably what it is. I'll see if I can find it. However, I am obviously raging about Best Original Song because the Eurovision movie was fucking robbed. No comment. <laughs> it beat, oh, do you know what? It beat Collective and it beat The Mole Agent in Time, but it also beat that Crip Camp that I think was really popular. That was so touted, made, yeah. Aye. That's probably what it is then. It's a summer camp film focuses on campers who turn themselves into activists for disabled rights mm-hmm. um, legislation even so yeah yeah I can see why the, that's a kind of film that people would have think deserved the Oscar and then be annoyed mm-hmm. they got beat and I, I, you know and that kind of Twitter storm type thing I bet the octopus teacher one was an environmental one so you know oh was it I thought it was about I... that octopus that could predict the world cup <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually wish it was now because I probably watch it. Oh, uh, do you know what? Ignorance is bliss. It really is, guys. I'm in my own wee world thinking that was a movie about Paul the Octopus, and I was like, I don't get the hate. He got us right. Just slapped in the way I'm laughing at this. It's uh, I'm on Wikipedia for the awards winners and nominations, and it says winners listed, highlighted in boldface. I don't know why that's made me laugh. I don't know why. Bold. It should either say just in bold or in bold typeface. So whoever's written yeah, bold face. I'm like, yeah, just in bold fine. Yep. And indicated racist, doesn't it? That's like in years time, bold face won't be allowed. And indicated <laughs> with a double dagger. I don't even know why I bought that. I don't know. I mean, it says winner next to it as well. So. Semi, yeah, I left reviews for your books this afternoon. Oh, thank you very much. Amazon. I honestly just had the best time with Blackened. I just. Uh, one of us, I wanted more, so mm-hmm. I, I felt like I wanted to read more, if that makes sense. I felt like it was over before I'd sort of learned maybe a bit more about it, especially about that family and how they'd come to basically take their turns every year. And blackened from the minute I started reading it, I was just like, oh, I'm going to be obsessed with this. And it was just so good. I literally had about 50 pages to go. But I was kind of falling asleep and I was like, wait, I'm going to save this for the morning. But then I couldn't sleep because literally 
every time I opened my eyes, all I could see was that like plague mm-hmm. mask thing. And I was like, fuck, I can't sleep. So I got up early just to finish it. And I was like, oh, this is so good. I loved it. I'm glad it's a desired effect. Thanks very much. Yeah, new sleep paralysis demon. Awesome. So I left reviews for you. You know, they were great. I really, really enjoyed them. I don't know how the fuck you have time to do all of that. I really don't. I don't know either, <laughs> to be honest with you sometimes. Um, it's not the time. Time's the easy part. It's the motivation is the difficult part. Yeah, I hear you. I've, had to, I've got something on every night this week. I had my interview last night as well with that director guy. And I just, I talked myself out of it all day. And then it got to like five to seven and I was like, no, you need to, like, you need to show that you're engaged and that you have a bit of personality about you. But I just, I'd so talked myself out of it all day. But yeah, no, he was nice. He was, he was from Texas, but living in LA, he basically took a shitty job to save up money and, and make his film. And then I gave it two and a half stars and he didn't do that. He actually said to me at one point, was that out of five or out of 10? And I felt like, no answer is going to make this better, right? Like, it doesn't matter whether it's out of five or out of ten, it's just not good. So, yeah. So, of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, why did they want to talk to you then? If you only gave it two and a half out of five? Oh, I just wanted to find out basically more about the review. And we just had a chat. And I think he's just trying to really promo the shit out of it. So, basically, this is coverage for him, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, he had lots of really interesting points about, you know, he has no connections. He saved up all his own money, and that was hard to do. Especially, like I feel like he was kind of hinting at about closed door type of thing. And then he was talking about ideas he had for other films. And then he was asking about what I thought about film criticism in general. I was like, it's all got a bit mean ever since social media came into the the fray. No, he was he was interesting. He was he said Jaws was his favorite movie of all times. So I feel like I should kind of pick him up with you, Simmy. But it's funny you mentioned the kind of. It's almost like he's contacting you and say, why did you give me a bad review? Apparently, there's authors have been doing that on like Goodreads. They've been getting bad reviews. Like people trying to pull down through Twitter and Facebook and stuff and like challenging people for leaving bad reviews. And it's funny because for Blackend, somebody's like, I've got two one star reviews, but it looks like it's for the same person. Oh. Yeah, sort of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to, I, would, I mean, like, it's almost okay you didn't like it fair enough but you need to the one person that leave the same review twice so i'd love to contact the person just just to get the quote for the cover said i hated this book so much i had to create an extra account just to bash it <laughs> i think the thing is like and this is what i was kind of saying last night like you cannot like something and still critique it fairly based on your knowledge of literature oh, yeah. or cinema or whatever and that's fine you and like you, you obviously bring to it your own personal experience to some extent, but I think I would like to think I'm fairly objective in the sense that if I don't like it, it's just because it didn't work for me on whatever level. I'm not going to rip somebody's right into shreds unless you know that is the main issue. But sometimes you just don't like stuff, but you don't need to be a dick about it. Well, they didn't even leave a text. It was just a star rating, so there's no. Oh, even I any hate kind of... when they do that. I hate when they uh... do that because you can't find out why. No, I mean, somebody else left a, a three star review. It was actually technically two and a half stars. They went and put in the, the actual text and they left quite a detailed review. And I was like, oh, fair enough. You know, I mean, it was like, I, I don't necessarily like, agree with a lot of the things you're saying, but that's your, but their opinion was valid to be fair. I was like, fair enough. I mean, that's, that was your, you didn't like the book for these reasons. I wrote the reasons. It's not like you've just made something up. Like, I was reading, uh, I don't know why, I ended up reading the uh, old Joker reviews for some strange reason earlier. I was reading something in, in a rabbit hole. And I was reading some of the bad reviews, and I'm going, these are the, these are just bad takes. Yeah, so that's what I was saying as well. Like, I think there's a lot of pressure, especially on social media, to have 
a hot take in inverted oh, yeah. commas and so this desire to create clicks and likes and retweets it creates controversy out of stuff that doesn't actually exist yeah i mean like people say stuff like i mean whacking phoenix was terrible in it and i'm going to have an opinion i'm not liking whacking phoenix you can say his performance is bad it's like saying the film is technically terrible i mean there's some there's some things you can say yeah. that are wrong i mean one of the reviews was talking about how he didn't like the the scene when he was dancing down the stairs to Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and becoming the Joker. I'm like, that wasn't the song I was playing. <laughs> Obviously they watched some bootleg copy where somebody's dubbed over the Gary Glitter music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're, to, if you're going to view something, at least get it right. And I just, it's one thing I actually really don't like. I hate bad reviews. Yeah. Not, not, you can be well structured and yeah, get into the opportunity opinion, but you could have knowledge of something to deconstruct it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like something, don't like something, but at least get it, but at least get it right when you don't like something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You need to back it up. You can say something's bad, but you back it up with fact or an argument. You don't just say it's shite. And then move on, you know, or leave no review at all. That's just that's that's just cowardice, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's not good. You know, people put an awful lot of effort into it. Well, people have put an awful lot of effort into these things, but just not look how much time you spent writing that. And fair enough, like you say, if you get criticism on it, but when you get like a one star review and you don't know why, it's the point. You know, that's just that's just somebody hating for the sake of it. The two and a half, though, that's that's very unique sort of level of. You know, appreciation of two and a half out of five. You know, just, I know, who, would do, I... who would do something like that rather than going two or three? Mm. <laughs> the plot yeah. thickens. Yeah, not denying it. Have you, you, you noticing this, Simmy? No denials. You will, you, will, you will quite clearly see it says Mary P, five stars, and then there is a brief description of just how much I loved it. So. I mean, yeah. I'm quite impressed with John's account, fact yeah. John's running for a VPN to make it seem as if it's come from America, this review, yeah. so... <laughs> an extra level. Yeah. You have to go there for let's face it. Exactly. I feel like uh, John's got the setup that I saw on The Imposter, where they literally had, like... Uh, not The Imposter, sorry, The Dissident, where they literally had, like, rooms full of people who were paid to be full-time trolls, and John's just, like, hitting with, so with the one star. Hitting with the one star. Yeah, it always reminds me. And I actually found it quite difficult getting stuff bad because I usually like. I, I mean, I think I matured as a person, but I just love shit on films and reviews and stuff like top ten worst films of the year and things like that, and being a dick. But the, that film, Birdman, and that scene with Michael Keaton talking to the critic, it, it's a fucking brilliant scene, and it yeah. really kind of makes you think. Hey, you know what? You don't need to be an asshole if you like something. It's fun. Thanks. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like if it's so bad, and in my head, I'm thinking of Gotti. If it's so bad, it's almost not worth writing about. Like, I get that, but if it's sort of mid range and there are some redeeming features, like, I do think you should call the redeeming features out rather than just shitting on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's always good to try and find the good in something, which can be difficult with certain things. There was no good in Gotti. Ah, there was no even funny. Like, like I thought it was going to be like almost like the room, like so bad it was good, but it wasn't. Like I was really distracted by his hairpiece, and like at one point I think they said his son's been shot, and he he chewed the scenery so bad, like he literally tried to fit his whole fist in his mouth and was like making this weird like pigeon sound, and I was just like, you know what, this isn't this isn't even funny anymore. It's just shite. Did, that, did either of you see Capone? That nope. the Tom Hardy one? Yeah. I don't think it's out. Is it out yet? 
Oh, yeah, it's been on Netflix for a while. Oh, has it? I just totally missed it. I know that's been slagged to fuck. It's not good. It's, oh. it's not good. It's it's an interesting idea, and it's quite unique, the fact that they're just that rather than kind of another biopic of Al Capone and it's kind of in his final mm. days and stuff, but uh, it's, uh, I, I, I was disappointed by it. Oh, dear. I like Tom Hardy, obviously. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. I just... Mm. Is he doing that kind of like grumbly Bane voice, though, where it's almost... You can't understand. It's, it is kind of like like to mumble through. I was just, I read something that it was a a comedy clip of that, but it was like it's, it's like every Tom Hardy performance rolled into one. He's trying to do it at the same time. <laughs> Poor Tom. He's obviously targeted because he's so beautiful to look at. <laughs> not in this. <laughs> well, no, no, definitely not. He's sort of bald and fat, isn't he? So dad bod. So, sorry. <laughs> Thomas has shuffled away. Where did you go? I hope it gets hotter so you can take your top off. <laughs> it's all that praise. Get get that dad bod out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that Kefron, dad, dad bod? So, Mary, what have you been watching, listening to, reading, etc.? So, I, I've got two episodes to go of The Shield, but I'm, like, I'm really keeping myself from watching them because I can't bear to part with it. I watched Nobody, the... Bob Odenkirk film which hopefully we'll pod about and had the best fucking time like was literally cheering the violence was so good but apart from that I've mostly been I've found a couple podcasts that I'm enjoying so there's the book club cinema podcast and the my perfect my perfect murder which I've started listening to as well which has been good and obviously I've been reading as I mentioned I have read Simmy's two books which have been absolutely amazing and I finished reading American Dirt by Janine Cummins, which is obviously a story of immigrants trying to escape drug lords and the Mexican cartels and make it to America by less than legal routes. But that way, and that was a hard read. That was that was grim as fuck. Yeah, so that's how I've been spending my time. I'm hoping now that I have finished sort of reading the big book stack that I have, I can start getting into maybe a new series or catching up on some movies on my Netflix list. Cool. Thomas, what about you? What have you been indulging in? Apart from the uh, usual CD stuff, obviously. you know. Yeah, I've had the decadent last days of Rome, which I just call a Sunday uh, <laughs> type of things. No, uh, book-wise, I recently read My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix, which I enjoyed. It's, it wasn't really as much a horror as I thought it would be, but it's, it was a nice little kind of like, it was set in the 80s, so very retro and a lot of its, its themes and they're making it into a film which I think could be fun especially being if they go down that kind of Stranger Things stay with it mm-hmm. and I'm currently reading Good Omens by Neil Gaiman Terry Pratchett which I've never read before but I've seen the show a couple of years ago and I really enjoyed that I'm enjoying the book as well, it's fun I watched Nobody as well at the weekend, I thought it was great and obviously we'll discuss that in more detail at a later date so promising young women as well. Eventually, the other night, and I thought that was just absolutely brilliant. It's a very strong contender for my film of the year so far. Really, really enjoyed that. Just recently finished, uh, just as in today, Invincible on Amazon, which is absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you've seen it or heard of it. It's a superhero cartoon, and uh, I can't say t- I don't want to say too much about it because. It can be quite spoiled, but I watched the first episode and I was so close to just going, this is not for me, and ready to turn it off. But I'm glad I stuck to the end because the last five minutes, I was like, whoa, I need to watch more. And it's got an amazing cast. Uh, Stephen Young 
is in it, J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Mahashera, I can't remember his name, you know what I'm talking about, the guy yeah. detective, and you played Mahashera yeah. Ali, he's in it, it's a cameo, Seth Rogen pops up at one point, Zachary Quinto, it's got an incredible, incredible cast. Uh, it's worth watching, honestly, but stick, watch the full first episode. It's definitely worth it like, your time. Is it like anti-superhero, like the boys, or is it a conventional superhero narrative? <laughs> See, it's it's more the latter, but with a twist. And okay. that's all I want to say. Because I was watching it, like, this is very running and build. There's nothing really kind of unique about this, but it does get really good. And regarding podcasts, actually. In fact, actually, I watched Castle Rock as well. I watched the first season of that. The Stephen King Multiverse show, mm-hmm. which is kind of like Stephen King meets Lost. So it's got its advantages and disadvantages in that aspect. Yeah. And regarding podcasts, I've been listening to the Sasquatch Chronicles podcast about uh, people regale people with their real life encounters of Bigfoot. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds so good. It is. And you listen to these people and you're going, I don't believe in Bigfoot. And I don't believe in this dogman character that's chased you. But, but I do believe you believe that. And so it's interesting. It's very interesting. Oh, that sounds really cool. Nice. Yeah, the Invincible cartoon, it's written by the same people who did The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got it in my queue to watch on Amazon. It looks pretty good. I've not had the chance to get into it yet. Myself, I've been catching up in some of the Oscar films. So I watched Mari and his Black Bottom. I watched Mank again. I'd seen about half of it. And I watched Two Distinct Strangers as well. The the short film, oh, yeah. yes. which we will come to later on, obviously, as well. Um, as well as that, I watched Pusher, the original Nicholas Winden Reffin film from, God, it's mid-90s, I think it is, late-90s, yeah. uh, the Danish version. For some bizarre reason, I'd seen the UK remake, but I hadn't seen the, the original one at all. Three films from the trilogy are on maybe just now, so I'm going to watch the second and third one of that. Mads Mikkelsen is in the first one, and I think he's the main character in the second one, but he's got a sort of slightly smaller role, but he makes a return in the second film. So looking forward to that. I also watched the film Quarantine, which is a US remake of a Spanish horror film called Wreck. Which is a sort of. Oh, why do they do that? Well, that, this one was actually not too bad, actually. Yeah. Okay. It kind of stuck quite closely to the the original premise of it and just did a. It, there was enough differences in it to uh, warrant it as a sort of separate film. And it's was, it was, it was a pretty good version of it. Reg was far superior, but this was a, a, a pretty good version of it as well. There's um, actually, so I don't think I had job just regarding Reg. The, the end of that film is still one of the most terrifying things I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. In the cinema, I was like, just like holding <laughs> Yeah, you think you were scared? You're used to this shit. <laughs> My skin dissolved. It's horrendous. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll touch on English language remakes as we get into our Oscars chat, but it just, especially because I think that some horror stories are quite intrinsic to their setting. I'm not saying that necessarily is one of those films, but I, I kind of hate when they sort of anglicize or Americanize. Films that I feel like are very culturally specific. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's why I think, um, sorry if I just hijacked. Uh, no, no, cool. Um, they never did remake Nightwatch, no. the Russian film, no. and that seems prime for a big budget Hollywood remake. But at the same time, that film is so Russian mm-hmm. that the sequel doesn't really even translate to an English audience. Uh, and I quite enjoyed the sequel, don't get me wrong, it's not as good as the first one. But you know, maybe went to see it and we left the cinema and I said that film was not intended for a Western audience. No. <laughs> Just to... what else have I been watching? I got a screener of Without Remorse, the based on the Tom Clancy novel, which has Mike, Michael B. Jordan in the title role of oh. John Clark. And he's it's it's actually a pretty good movie, it's pretty decent good action film and he's excellent in the, the central role as a he's a US army I think they're special forces and obviously gets done over and has to try and figure out why he get done over in the first place. That's pretty good. And I also watched uh, an Irish horror comedy film called Grabbers. Have either of you yes. ever seen that? Yeah. Um, it's set in a, a, a wee island off the, the coast of uh, mainland Ireland. And Meteorite... Uh, A meteorite falls into the the sea just off the coast and uh, there's something in the meteorite which comes onto land and uh, starts sucking the blood out of people. But it can't stand when people have alcohol in their system. It rejects them. Uh, So so basically the, the, the story all revolves around that and it's really funny. There's some cracking bits in it. Just absolutely hilarious. There's there's a, a scene in it where they they think one of these creatures is dead, and it's not. So uh, three of them are going towards it, and they're in this lab. So somebody picks up a knife, and then somebody picks up a chair and starts shaking the chair. And then the third person's looking at the other two, thinking, oh, my God. So he picks up a newspaper and rolls up. So there's the three of them standing there, ready to do battle with this alien. It's just hilarious. Really, really good. You should seek it out. It's usually, I think it's one of these ones that's on sort of rotation and horror channel. So it's, oh, it's okay. definitely worth um, having a look at. TV-wise, Falcon and Winter Soldier, just finished oh, yeah. that today. Uh, I, I'd watched the first two episodes and then saved up the last four to watch it the one time. Managed to avoid spoilers, but it was getting to the case of like, every second and third post coming on Facebook was from Marvel, and it was I, I, it was going to get spoiled for me, so I just pelled my way through that, and that was really good, really enjoyed it. It's another dimension to the sort of the Marvel cinematic and television universe. I like the way they're kind of doing these sort of long-form limited series. It opens things up a wee bit. Enjoyed that. Yeah. And I watched The Hunter, which is a Sicilian mafia drama, which is on all four. Just started maybe about a week ago. And that's excellent. It's based on uh, a real-life prosecutor and him trying to take down the mafia from it's like sort of he starts with small fry and then he's working his way up and all that. it's really really good the lead character in it is the same guy who was in uh, the drama romanza criminale uh, about maybe five ten years ago and as as usual with these italian dramas you get to see him in his wee tighty whities in the first sort of 15 minutes and of course like 
young, youngish Italian man wearing tighty whities and they fucking pull it off every single time. I mean, the look, not the, not the actual underwear. <laughs> <Damn themselves, it. laughs> you know. But yes, I mean, have they never heard the boxer shorts in Italy? That's what I'm trying to think of. You know, but uh, but that's really good. It's it's all cut, kind of available. I think the whole first season is available on all four just now. And that's excellent. Is, is that a Walter Presents thing? Because I'm sure I've, it I've is, seen it yes. advertised. Because I, I think, because I was searching for, I was trying to see when the next season of Gamora was coming on. And I think that came up with like, if you like Gamora, you will like sort of things. Yeah. So I'll put it on my watch list then. That sounds really good. I, they, it's, it's really strange the way they do it because they show the first episode of these things and it's five to 11 or 11 o'clock at night on mm-hmm. a Sunday and then the rest of it's on all four and I don't even know if they show the rest of the, the season actually on television I don't think they do, I don't think they do I think it's just to get you hooked and then to get you to go onto the platform Yeah, probably Tom, should we say something? Did you watch Gamora? I can't remember uh, Yes, oh yeah, I yeah, watched it all I mean. yeah. yeah, it's really good I'm looking forward to the fifth season yeah, yeah. quite soon i believe is it the final season as well i think isn't it yeah i think this is fifth and final because they brought out a uh, la mortale the uh, shiro back sort of, kind of side story or whatever you want to call it which i loved and then i think they yeah. confirmed that this would be the last which is a shame but all good things must come to an end etc other stuff line of duty obviously same as oh yeah about 30 percent of the population really enjoying yeah. that even though it's been it's it's a different sort of pacing to this season and it's been getting a lot of criticism for that but i've been enjoying it just as much it's one of these things that you get more out of it if you've actually watched the other series and mm-hmm. you actually remember what they're about as well so there's a couple of wee handy catch-ups that you can actually watch to sort of bring yourself up to speed to the sort of main points otherwise you could be pretty lost yeah i don't know if you watch goggle box but uh there's worried about being that kind of an older woman and they're watching lena Duke just sitting in a notebook and she's taking <laughs> she's taking notes that watching, like, that's genius that's genius i'm gonna start doing that with three times <laughs> there's also a scene as well we can i'm not going to say any spoiler otherwise lena Duke, but there's this reveal, and they're all like, oh, and someone I'm like, oh my god, and she's looking at a notebook, and someone's going, who's that? I can remember that, because it was like season one. <laughs> it was like ten years ago, and you're like, it is a show that really kind of rewards the viewer that's been in for the long term. Uh, yeah. It's awesome, maybe it is, it's a cracking show. It's so good. It's I know, addictive. I just worry that I've been spoiled now, because I've been so immersed in, like, American drama, and I think I want to watch The Killing as well, because I do, like, I love a I love a Scandi noir as well, and I'm just like I don't ever feel that British dramas ever kind of come up to that level. And you know I might be wrong, but I just like the characterization, the sort of arc over. Like I don't ever feel like the stuff that I've watched, like nothing's ever gotten ridiculous. There's maybe one or two bad episodes or whatever, but nothing's ever gotten ridiculous. And I just feel like a lot of British drama just jumps the shark as they say across the pond. You probably find a lot of people were saying that about this season on duty, but I disagree completely. I don't yeah, think it too. has. Uh, I think some people just maybe maybe the fatigue by it. I don't know. Uh, it's difficult because to me, I'm not really noticing that much difference in previous seasons in mm-hmm. terms of the writing and performances and that. But people are saying like, uh, "Oh, the writing's terrible now. It's like a caricature." Like, it's all it has been. That's the kind of point. It's just you're familiar with it now. Mm-hmm. But tell me, tell me, you've seen this is England, maybe. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I yeah, love her. Uh, yeah. So she's done it. 
Yeah, no, I know, and I do really yeah. like her. And obviously, Martin Comston is a big Tim, so I'd probably just watch him anyway. But, <laughs> um, don't know but no, the reason I mentioned this thing is fair, because I think that's kind of why the solid British dramas that didn't do that, it just was mm-hmm. continuously excellent oh, all yeah, the way through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel like with British police procedurals, like in general, like I feel like because maybe I'm being unfair, but see, because they can't do, like, the big massive shootouts and the car chases that are kind of regular features on, like, US, like, shows like that, and even to a certain extent kind of European counterparts, I just feel like they always kind of come up a bit, not boring, but just maybe not quite as exciting. Maybe there's, like, 20-minute scenes in this, and it's just people talking during an interview, and it's absolutely gripping. I mean, I'm okay with that. But that's the thing, is that's the kind of thing I'd be like, this doesn't sound, it's not a good sell, really, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But we sit and watch it, and there's always this familiar sound of the tape recorder going on. And the minute you mm-hmm. hear it, you're just glued. It's like you're glued to the screen. And it's just yeah. like them talking for like 20 minutes in this interview, and you're like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> I actually went to message the other night because the last episode that we watched of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like the ice people put on the tape, and Vic just let's rip and i was just like i cannot fucking believe this has happened and he's sitting there and the weird thing is um michael chiklis does actually look exhausted like he, he looks so tired by the end of it and claudette and dutch are there and Cla- claudette is just losing her shit and she called dutch sanctimonious which i was so upset about but then one of chris's pals has totally ruined it for me because he was showing me the always sunny impression of cch pounder so now that's in my head every time she talks and i feel like you can join those thoughts Sammy, because i know you've seen them both it's i, I don't understand how michael checklist is near like a bigger actor he's so think, good do you know what and the thing is see the i watched him in that vegas which like wasn't he great it was him and dennis Quaid, and he's essentially kind of playing a, a vegas version of you know vic Mackey, this sort of dodgy kind of dealer wheeler and dealer type i know he's got a program i can't remember it's called is it the goldbergs uh, Co- coyote i think yeah. but people are absolutely ripping it apart and it's a shame because i actually think as a, as a character study i mean that is he's someone that you can totally get taken by his charisma but he's also you also know he's a, just a dangerous arsehole and i just think his character studies go this has been one of the best i've ever seen i mean i mean like you said like fantastic phone things like that and he's very good a very good comedic character as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe he's dodgy behind the scenes i don't know <laughs> we should probably put in a disclaimer there <laughs> a disclaimer i don't actually know if he is right to round off the tv stuff i have been watching the the clone wars the 2d micro series which is just landed on disney plus this is the original version of the the clone wars which was aired i think it was like five minute segments or something over the course of about a year and it was done by the same guy who did samurai jack and it's just fantastic. It's so different to the the way that uh, the Clone Wars was actually done after that. It's sort of the, the 20, 30 minute episodes. It's really, really good. They, they, they pulled them all together into two one hour shows. And it's excellent. Mm. Really like that. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I'm working my way through the last season of The Man in the High Castle as well. Season four, I think. I, sorry, guys. So oh, that's it. Yeah. No, that's uh, it. Uh, I really want to go back to that. I watched the first season, really enjoyed it. We started watching the second season. Fell away from it for some reason. I was convinced we finished it. Went straight to season three. Had a fucking clue what was going on. Realised I hadn't seen all of season two and then just couldn't get back in yet. Yeah. No, it's good. It's it's definitely worth picking up. I, something similar I got about halfway through. Maybe season two, I think it was as well. And 
dropped it and I just had to go back and start watching it from the, the beginning of season two because I think that sometimes with these shows they do like sort of catch up like two three minute episodes and it tells you what's going on but the, the only one that they had was for seasons one two and three so there was so much stuff in it that just you know wasn't worth actually having a look at but yeah it's it's, it's pretty good I, I'm not sure if that's it done now or what I'm not sure if there's going to be another season of it because I haven't obviously reached the end of it and I haven't read anything up in case uh, get spoilers because it's like maybe a bit two years old now or something so have you read the book no yeah, I, I have not I don't like I, don't I didn't like it either which is why I've not started the series like on paper that's a book that I should really enjoy mm-hmm. just being the world. exactly right so but I just I didn't feel anything for anyone in it. And that's, I just think, that's a bit delightful <laughs> romp. <laughs> um, I didn't feel it, and I just, I don't know, I just, I struggled to, and I'm not somebody who abandons books easily, um, so I did sort of power through to the end, but I was just like, oh, that isn't for me, which is a shame, because I wanted to read it and then start this, yeah. the series, but because I was so dissuaded, I didn't, yeah. I didn't I didn't finish it. Uh, it's a short book as well, but it was yeah, just such not, a slog. Yeah. It was yeah. such a slog. Uh, the show, I think, I think you enjoy the show, Mary. Um, I'm not even take the piss here, but the the, the main the main Nazi guy, I think you really like him because his character's so good. His performance is excellent. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it comes across as the kind of actor you would like. Is it Rufus Sewell? Yes. Is it? Yes. Yeah, I do like. I like him. Yeah. 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 You like him in this. He's following gravitas and. Is his cap at a jaunty angle? Oh, oh no, no, Nazi. no, no, no. Nazis, proper Nazis don't wear their hats at a jaunty angle. There's nothing jaunty about them. Um, Hans Lander did, and he was the best. (laughs) Uh Look what happened to him. (laughs) Okay, finishing things off, books I've been reading from 1984. It's really good. He wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, All the President's Men and Marathon Man. Did the screenplay for those. And he's a very, very good writer. He has got a, a healthy disdain for everything to do with Hollywood, considering he's, he was right in the middle of it. And it's it's very, very funny as well. Some really that excellent pieces good. in it. So, yeah, it's just pretty good. And I've had that for years and years, that book. And I am rereading one of us from up-and-coming author Thomas Simpson, just yeah. because after I'd listened to the interview that you did on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that the... Sorry, three of the main characters were named after horror characters, and I didn't pick up on that at all the first time. Uh, so I thought I need to read it again. So I've uh, been working my way through that again. So this, it's very, very good. You know, he seems like quite a nice guy. So two and a half out of five, probably. I think. And that's me. Um, just to. Usual. Busy? Like no, no, I've not been busy. That's why I'm, oh. getting, <laughs> I'm able to watch all these things. Yeah. But yes, I the usual sort of gobbins. Lots of other things I've been watching as well, but nothing really worth noting. You know, you ready, Mary Snow Leopard? Oh, my. oh yeah, this is just to hide my sunburn because I thought you guys would laugh if you could see it. So how did you? Probably. Not, I'm not even going to ask how you managed to get sunburned because it oh, was the actually, weekend. It was rough. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was quite nice. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I even got sunburned. Top or what, bottom? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see your red boby. 
Eu queria ver. Every bloody time. Já foi Red Pop. Don't know if there has been making a backlash against this, or it's because they kind of the role it's played. But I'm surprised there hasn't been much of a why isn't a real death actor playing the part in Sound of Metal? Because that seems to be the whole rage just now as well. Mm, what is that thing? The character wasn't he... deaf to begin with, though, so it'd be a bit of a bit of a that's, push. That's Maybe. Point. Yeah, that's, yeah. I know that, that was what I was thinking, but I don't know. I'm just surprised there wasn't something. That, that could be the good enough. That could be a fair enough reason for it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I technically, having uh, Anthony Hopkins in the father, it could be the grandfather, you know, if he's 83 years old, you know. Well, yes. Could even be the great grandfather if he's a bit, if he's been a bit frisky, obviously. If he's, if he's from Dundee. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a bit harsh. I would have said Paisley. Ah, no, it's just my friend. Uh, it's the same as me. She's thirty-one and she's from Dundee, and she always says the fact that she's not a grandmother is something of a, a local record. I, <laughs> uh, I went to school with a guy who was a grand, was recently a granddad in the last couple of years. How old is he? How old are you? Thirty-eight. Right, that's. I mean, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Like, a lot of guys don't even have children at 38, yourself included. Jeez. Not that you know it's off. That Simpson charm is legendary before you settle down. It's been a pop-up at the Oscars. That'll be like, uh, and now the award for best actor goes to, and it's a first, the first uh, abandoned bastard child who was left left in an orphanage at two days old. Special award for Thomas's best swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> best supporting actor. <laughs> I thought the figures were in some cast. Oh, That's the first line for your book. He had a burning desire to do it. <laughs> he, hadn't, he, he hadn't taken his turn in a while. Yeah. No, it's just because I'm always intrigued by, like, now how they have that award every year for, like, worst sex scene in a novel. And then I, on Reddit, there's men writing women, and it's always like the way sex is oh, yeah. described. You can really tell when it's a guy that's writing it. And I just wondered, obviously they're horror novels, so it's, but I just wondered, because there was a couple of times where I thought, oh, where's this leading? Oh, end of chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, okay. And I just wondered if you would have ventured down that, that route or not, but obviously your focus is on the, the horror. Nah, it's, it, it's for, for that kind of reason, you know, like um, I think I would cringe too much trying to write it mm-hmm. and... I don't know if I can hear that. Oh, no, it definitely didn't. I'm just uh, ripping the piss. I'm just ripping the piss. You should start that's your next one with a sex scene. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why you got the two. That's yeah. why you got the two and a half stars. Disappointing lack of sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's the sequel. That's the sequel. Uh, three of us. <laughs> <laughs> right, get yep. that novel written now. Yeah. Yes. And you have to have a red bobby in it. You really do. Yeah, sunburned yeah. bobby. Yep. I oh, no, no, you'd say his, his bobby was red, but he hadn't been anywhere near the sun. <laughs> I'm right, 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 um, yeah, because I said to me earlier, I was like, oh, I don't know how Sammy does it. I was like, he's writing these books, he's got, he's doing his courses, doing this, and he was, and I feel like I've been really busy this week. I've had a lot of screeners, a lot of interviews, podcasts, and stuff to do as well. And uh, 
he's like, yeah, you're going to have to pick up the pace. You're really slacking. Get a couple of books written by the end of this year. <laughs> like, I knew bother. It's all relative. I mean, like, there's a quite an interesting thing I read. I think it was a Stephen King book, and it was different writers and their daily words counts. Mm-hmm. Daily, mm-hmm. Stephen King would write, like, 2,000 words. And then, like, other people write, like, 10,000 words a day. As I get, the guy interviewed me spoke about a guy he interviewed that writes four novels a year. And see when you actually break it down to how many words that is, it's, it's doable in theory. But if I Jesus have a Christ. Dog, yeah, sure. I mean, the irony is I probably do write about 10,000 words a day in work. Yeah. But then because I'm doing that, I have no motivation to go and do that again. The writer, the, funny, the writer that did, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he wrote 10,000 words a day for his novels. He had a full-time job. He did it before he went to work. I know. He'd get up in the morning, write, then go to work. Chris is right, I'm slacking. <laughs> I think Hemingway only wrote 500. Because he was pissed all the time. There is that. There's also the famous story as well with the guy, uh, James Joyce's pal goes to see him and he slumped to the desk, like in tears, saying he's only written six words for that day. And he's like, that's good for you. He's like, yeah, but I don't know what order to go in. <laughs> Very good. Very good. 